so excited for what um, God is doing in our church. And, um, we are finishing, actually, or have finished, depending on how you count, um, <laughs> our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I just believe that a deposit has been made um, in our lives that's going to affect uh, the remainder of, of 2019. Somebody say, this is my year. Okay, say it with faith. Say, this is my year. You got to take a hold of that thing sometimes. You know, that no matter what the enemy's whispering to you, you got to believe that what God has for you is better than what you've been through. Say amen. 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 So we've been in this series on boldness, and we're wrapping it up today. Um, and actually, we want you to invite people for the entire month of February. We're beginning a relationship goals series. Um, so we're going to dig into relationships on all levels and just trust God to give us direction in those areas and and. I'm excited about that, so bring a friend. It's going to be a great time together uh, with Jesus. But New Beginnings, Living Bold, last part of the series. Today we're talking about bold obedience. Bold obedience. Uh, like, like repentance, sometimes that word obedience is an ugly word in, in, in church. You know, we, a lot of times we talk about the blessings that God wants to give us and everything that he wants to do for us, but we overlook this word called obedience, but I want to talk about what really, if you catch it, what drives obedience in our lives. And we'll talk about this passage from the book of Acts. And here's what it says. It says, one day I was on such a mission to Damascus. This is Paul speaking. And it says, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests about noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions, we all fell down and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. And it's hard for me to read this and not to just not stop right there and say the fact that there's this group of people that's on a mission, basically to persecute Christians, and they all hear a sound and they all fall down, but only one of them hears God's voice. You can be in a sea of people and everybody can be moving around, but everybody's not hearing. Say amen. So it's important to realize it. And you see this pattern in Scripture. It says even when Jesus showed up in places, some worshiped and some doubted. So how many of you know just because we're all hearing a sound doesn't mean we're all hearing the same thing? And so here's what uh, Paul says. It says, who are you, Lord? So something in him said, who is talking to me? I haven't experienced this before. You ever been at that place where what was that? <laughs> and it says, who, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus the one whom you're persecuting. Now get up on your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. He's giving Paul a divine reversal of what he's been doing up to this point. How many of you know you can give up on people too soon? And so Paul is sitting here, and he's persecuting Christians, but Jesus appears to him and says, the very people that you're persecuting, the very name that you're persecuting, my name, now you're going to have to speak it because I need to use you. Nobody is past being used by God. Say amen. You have to believe this. You have to believe this about yourself, that you have not gotten to a place where God can't use you. I'm building this foundation for obedience, but you have got to catch the fact that you are not too far gone. Say, I'm not too far gone. Because I've learned that people can be in church and they can smile and they can high five and do all that. But inside, they feel like they've gone past the place that God can use them. If you're here with light, life and breath, you have purpose. And so here Paul has been appeared to, uh, uh, Jesus appears to him and he says, tell people that you've seen me. 
and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. How many of you know when God shows you something, it has a cost? It's quiet in here. But when he begins to deal with you, it has a cost. So now God is putting him in a place where he's not going to be popular on this side or on this side. He's just stuck with a word that he has from God. And he says, look, I'm, whatever I say to you, you tell people. You tell them what I said. And he says, yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And this is the part where I really want to launch from today. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed the vision from heaven. We must grip God's vision for our lives and God's vision must grip us. I need you to really understand that God has a vision for your life and for my life. But that thing can't just be something that would be nice. What God has for me, must it, it must grip me, and I have to grip it. What God's plan and his purpose for my, my life has to be so important to me that I'm willing to lay down everything that stands in the way between me and that purpose. Amen. This is important because I, I find that I've got to, to remind and encourage people that the, the storms that we can face in our life will take our eyes off of Jesus. That's what happened in the Bible. They, they would go through a storm. They would go through a test. They would go through a struggle. And it, all it took was one to get their eyes off of Jesus. Say, put my eyes back on you, Lord. We have to ask the Lord to refocus us at times. That's one of the reasons that taking an extended period of, of disconnecting th from the world through fasting and prayer is so important because what it does is it brings me back into alignment with the purpose that God has for me. How many of you know if you're not walking in God's purpose, the world will control you? See, this is the reality. So we've got to be so resolute that I'm going to walk in the plan and the purpose and the vision that God has for my life that I'm not swayed by everything. See, sometimes the, the blessings are great. Everything that God wants to do for me is great. But sometimes I've got to be on the strong footing and the foundation that everything that comes against me doesn't move me. How many of you have been moved in your life? Be honest. We've all been. We've all been where we've been hit so hard that things just rocked us. You been there? I mean, it rocked you to your core. It hurt your heart. It hurt your mind. It, it, it almost made you say, I want to quit and I want to give up. But in the mercy and the grace of God, there's something inside of you that cries out and says there's more. There's something inside of you that says, even though I don't feel like I'm walking in the better right now, that there's better for me. And so Paul, up to this point, is just doing his own thing. He's doing, he's walking life, living it to, to, to the way that he thinks is right. And Jesus says, look, he, he, he's, he's trying to do what he thinks he should. I've got to, in my mercy and my grace, because I've got purpose, I'm going to appear to him myself, and I'm going to change his direction. For some of us, our blessing is as close as a change in direction. It's as close as a change in the way we make decisions and a change that, how many of you have made decisions out of fear? You know, you got so anxious, you got so worried, you got so scared that you just did what, what you thought was right in the moment. But sometimes when you, when you take a step back and say, now, God, would you pl be pleased with this? Is this going to move me closer to the vision that you have for my life or is it going to move me away from it? Hmm. 
A vision that grips us will be a vision that compels us to obey. This is why bold obedience is important. A lot of times people can't or refuse to boldly obey because they have not got a vision in their heart that grips them and compels them to do whatever you say God to do, I'm going to do it. How many of you, one of the other reasons that we don't boldly obey is because we're afraid of criticism. Quiet. How many of you, you in your heart, you got, you got excited about something, but then you thought about, well, what are they going to say if I do this? What, what are they going to think if, if I do this? Uh, if, I, if I tell them I want to take this bold step of faith because God is showing me something, what are they going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? But I want to challenge you. Is it more important what they think or what God thinks? See, even in our current time where, 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 where everything is updated and technology and we have everything at our fingertips, I want you to understand something, that the opinions of the world will never be more important than God's opinion. Never will be. See, we, we, in our society, we have become gripped with likes, shares, and comments. But what is really important is, is God pleased with what I'm doing? Because if he's pleased with it, his blessing will rest upon it. Can we say amen? So a vision that grips us will be a vision that compels us to obey. Why is that important? For the next reason. Our blessings in this life will always, 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 say always. Always be tied to our obedience. You see this from Genesis to Revelation. You can't shortcut it. You can't substitute it. God, God's blessing upon our life will always be tied to an instruction that he's given us. And this is why we've got to ask God daily in our prayers when we go, Lord, what do you want me to do today? God, what is your plan for your life? What is the vision that you have for me? Now watch the hard part. If I want God's vision for my life, I must be willing to lay down my own. We have dreams, hopes, visions, aspirations, and they're all, none of, I'm not saying they're bad, but if God comes to you, just like he did to Abraham, Abraham had been waiting for Isaac for a long time, but there, it says in the Bible, this is not my message, but I want to help somebody. He had walked with Isaac. He had enjoyed uh, Isaac's presence, and then God comes to him and says, after some time, God came to him and said, take your son, your only son, and offer him as a sacrifice. Are we Willing to give up what we believe is ours because God said so. Are we worshiping the promise or the one who gave it? I know this is hard, but, but the reality is if we get to a place where we're willing. How many say this after me? Say, if you can give it up. Oh, say it like you mean it. If you can give it up, you can have it all. I want that to sink in for a minute because there are new levels for each of you to go to in 2019, but it's going to require uncompromising obedience, meaning that, God, what you're laying on my heart, what you're sparking in my heart, I'll do it because I love you. And the beautiful thing about it is when you start walking in the blessing of God, it, it, blessing was never designed just for you. You realize that? So when God puts something in you, God is not a God of just enough. He never has been from the beginning of time. He's not a God of just enough. So that means that whatever he gives you, he is designed to overflow and bless others. But it starts with my obedience. 
Here's what Isaiah said in verse 19 of Isaiah chapter 1. If you consent and obey, you'll eat the best of the land. The King James Version says, if you're willing and obedient, which means that it deals with two things. And this is where I found, um, even as a pastor and different things and talking to people, here's why I found many of us miss it. Because God is dealing with two things, not one. See, some of us actually have the obedience part right. We have the willing part wrong. Hmm. So God not only wants the actions, but he wants our heart. Anybody say amen? Okay, I know. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody's in here still. Oh, so here's the thing. If we're willing, in other words, God, I, I'm not only willing to do the thing that you're asking me to do, but I'm willing to give you my heart in doing it. This is powerful. It means, how many of you know that if God has your heart, people can take what's on the outside, but they'll never be able to take what's on the inside? Think about that for a minute. It will make you redefine what you think loss is in your life. Because when people take things from you, you know you still got Jesus on the inside. And that he's able to restore. There's some things that you lose that need to stay lost. But if they need to be restored, God will give them back to you. Here's what the book of Deuteronomy says. Today I've given you the choice between life and death between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. We hear so much. How many of you know it's possible that, especially think about this if you have children for a minute. Don't you realize that your obedience can bless your children? See, it, it, when, when it gets past the fact that it's one thing when I can be obedient and it will bless me. But when I say there's something that I can do today that blesses the generations beyond me, I need y'all to catch this. Because throughout the Bible, you find like Abraham and then Isaac is walking in the blessing because Abraham obeyed. And then Jacob is walking in the blessing because Abraham obeyed obeyed and it was passed on. And, and I know this can be deep for some of you, but if you'll just catch the fact that I want the generations beyond me to be so blessed, I can't afford to be disobedient. Mm. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live and you can make this choice by doing a couple things. Loving the Lord your God. It starts with a love for God. And I want you to think about this today. I don't know why you came in here. I don't, I don't know why you're here today. We, I, I know that when we come to church, we all come with different things, with different things that are on our heart, on our mind, things that we have laid before God, things that we want him to do. But at the end of the day, that first priority has to be our love for God. A love for God will put everything else in perspective. And this is the, the, the hard thing because you can be dealing with, here's the reality of our time today. You can be dealing with so much that it, if you're not careful, it would drain your love relationship with God. So what I've got to do is go back to the fact that I love you, God. And I'm going to let that love for you drive and motivate everything that I do. When Jesus, after the resurrected Jesus met Peter, who had, had betrayed him and, and denied him, he didn't ask him, I, he didn't tell Peter, I need you to get this right. I need you to get this right. I need you to fix it. You know what he said? Peter, do you love me? 
you got to ask yourself a question. No matter what you're dealing with in your life today, do I love him? Is my heart truly devoted in love to him? Because if it is, he'll take me through everything that I'm going through. How many of you know God never had a problem fixing anything? How many of you had an emergency in your life before? How many of you know God doesn't have emergencies? Which means that it's an emergency for us, but he already, before you got to the problem, he knew how to solve it. Come on. And so you can make this choice by choosing to love your God, obey him, and committing yourself firmly to him. We're in a a, a culture that does not value commitment anymore. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not on a spot. We don't. We we we've got to get back to the place that we're willing to stick through some things, even when they get hard. Anybody in this church today? Sometimes everything is not smooth and easy. Sometimes we've got to we've got to stick through it. Say stick with it. Sometimes you just got to stick with it. You can't you can't always walk away from it. It's quiet in here. But some of us have lost. Good friendships because we walked away over something silly. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you'll live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here's the principle. God allows us to choose the path to our own prosperity. And here's the reality. The reality is is that and I'm, I think many preachers are guilty of this. We talk so much, and we, we promise you so much. God is going to do this. God is going to do that. But the reality is, is many of the things that God gives us, he gives us to them by giving us a choice. And he says, look, I'm putting something in front of you. And he, God gives us an open book test. He basically says, I'm going to put life and prosperity and blessings in front of you or death and adversity in front of you. You choose, but choose life. So maybe you're here today by divine appointment because this is your day to choose. And that for such a long time, you know, the old saying, we straddle the fence. This may be your day where you've got to say, I'm giving myself, Lord, completely to your purpose, to your plan for my life. Whatever it costs me, Lord, whatever it is, I'm yours. Just take me, messed up as I am. Take me, rearrange me, fix me, do whatever you need to do in my life to allow me to be, be, be used by you. And God wants to use you. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, Where is, there is no vision, people are unrestrained. But happy is he that keeps the law. Why is this important? Because vision puts restraints on our life. Think about this. How many, have you ever gone through life and you were just doing things, but you didn't even know why you were doing them? You, were, you, were, you, you had gotten into relationships and didn't even know why you got into them. You, you, you hanging out and doing phone calls and having, having those sending texts and on these different websites. You don't even know why you are on there. Just passing time. No purpose to it at all. But when you get a vision for your life, catch this. I want to talk about relationships next week. But catch this. When you have a vision for your life, listen, everybody can't run with you. You see, real vision, it'll bring addition, but it'll also bring subtraction. And sometimes that subtraction is, is addition. Let y'all catch that in a minute. But sometimes, somebody say, your math is wrong. <laughs> 
But sometimes you ought to thank God he removed some people from your life. It, it hurt. I, I, I hear the preach to one person. Listen, it hurt when they left you, but you ought to celebrate the fact that they did. Because there's some things like there's some things that you can't walk into uh, because you have these people who don't even belong with you hanging onto your leg. And so when it's time and God wants you to run, you got to do this. When God called Abraham out, he called, for you Bible scholars in here, when he called Abraham out, he called Abraham out. And the Bible says, and Lot went with him. And so God doesn't say anything else to Abraham until Lot leaves. And you got to understand something. Sometimes you're waiting for God to speak, but God will speak when they walk away from you. I know it hurts, but what hurts you first will heal you later. And so as much as sometimes you, you yearn in your heart, I, I wish they would just come back. I wish they wouldn't have hurt me. I wish that it would have turned out better. You got to stop yourself and thank God that they did what they did to me so I can walk in the fullness of the blessing that you have for me, God. Watch this. Vision helps us to know when to say yes and when to say no. See, some of our problem is we say yes to everything. Some of our problem is we say no to everything. Some of our problem is we say no when we should say yes. Some of our problem is we say yes when we should say no. And that's where vision is important. That you get so in tune with what God has for you, that it begins to prioritize your yes and your no. If you're not careful, you will mess up trying to fulfill everybody's expectation of you and you'll miss God's vision for your life. Worse, you don't miss it, you forfeit it and say, Lord, I know you have something for me, but they're not going to be happy with it. And Lord, I don't know how I'm going to explain to them the fact that I have faith for this. You ever been there? I don't know how I'm going to explain the fact that I'm just, I, I'm finally, all my life I've been trying to figure out my purpose and I feel like you just made it clear to me, but I don't know what they're going to think. Hmm. But if you say, you know what, Lord, at the beginning of this year, 2019, I am determined to walk in your perfect will for my life. I'm not going to question it anymore. Lord, I'm going to trust you to reveal it to me, and I'm going to set my face toward the goal that you have for my life. And people ask me, they said, um, sometimes younger, younger people, they ask me, they say, well, how do you, how do you know? if this is the right person for me or not. You know what I tell them? I'm not perfect, but what I tell them is this. Run as hard as you can towards the vision that God has for your life. And after you've been running a long time, look to the left. Look to the right. See who's running with you. See, a lot of people can celebrate and stick with you as long as you're being blessed and everything's okay. But what about when you run and you get a little sweat on you a little bit and you scrape your knee a little bit because you fell? 
You want to be able to look around and say, that person could help me up. That person is not just going to kick me when I'm down. Can I be real in this church today as we close this down? Vision, when you catch it, it will put the right people in your life at the right time. And listen, you may be able, you, you may misinterpret why somebody's in your life at a, at a certain time. Let me tell you something. I've got somebody who came into my life right now, and I, I, I told him, I said, God put you here for me. Question, no question about it. You run towards what God has for your life, and he will strategically place people in your life that further the purpose that he has for you and blesses them as well. Somebody say amen. All right, let me, let me I, I got to bring this ship in. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. Here's what he says. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run for the vision is yet for what? An appointed time. So God has appointed a time for the vision that he has in your life. Why are we so nervous? God has a set time. Say set time. God has a set time to fulfill everything that he's going to do in your life. But watch this. He says it hastens towards its goal. So God set the vision for your life in this it's already moving, even if you can't see it. How many of you feel like, I, I don't see any change in my life? Be real. I don't see change. It's not, everything is moving too slow. I think it should be moving faster. But God is saying, I've set the vision. It's already hastening towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. Say, wait for it. Sometimes you just got to wait. There's no substitute. Sometimes you're looking around and it doesn't look like anything's changing, anything's moving, but you just have to wait. And you know what they said in Isaiah? Wait upon the Lord and he will renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. You'll run and not get weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. So even though in the waiting thing, you don't see anything happening on the outside, there's something happening on the inside. And what is happening on the inside is strengthening you and preparing you for what's happening on the outside. And so while everybody is looking at you and saying you stepped out on faith and you did this and nothing's happening and nothing's moving, you got to be able to say you just don't see what God is doing on the inside of me. My faith is being built. My healing is taking place. My freedom is happening. God is doing something on the inside of me. And when you see the vision take place, it will answer all your doubts. Vision speaks to your answer, not to your problem. Catch this. God does not come to you and join you in a pity party over your problems. Doesn't work like that. What he does in your problems as he shows up as vision and as you walk in vision he'll deal with your problems but he's not going to see you you know how sometimes people you know you go tell a friend about something you're going through and you want them to be as upset as you are but God will show up and say look let's just let's just I know you're looking over here at your problem but let's get you on vision let me get you look see what I have for your life see what I called you to do 
see the promises that I've made to you? I promised you that I'm going to do this for you. And, and I know you're looking at sickness, but, but I've promised I'm going to heal you. I know everybody's walked off, but I, my word says I'll never leave you or forsake you. I know you have anxiety right now, but I told you in, in my word to be anxious for nothing. He'll always refocus you on the fact that he's the solution. One of the greatest things that God does is instruct us how to handle vision. And this is where I want to kind of wrap it up. He tells us to do these things. One, we've got to get God's vision. And this is where some of us need to hit the pause button in our life. And just ask God humbly, what's your vision for my life? We've got to write God's vision. Why would God entrust us with a vision that we're careless with remembering? So you got to write it. When he speaks to you about your family, write it. Got to write it. Record it. Get a, a voice recorder or something saying, God, he's dealing with me on this. And this is too important for me to forget. Hardest part is number three. We've got to wait for God's vision. But if we get it, if we write it, if we wait for it, then we can be assured of God's vision. Everybody bow your head. Here's what I want to do in these last moments. I believe just in my heart so strongly that you're here today because God wants to renew vision in you. He wants to renew hope in you. So if you're here, and here's, here's what, what I want us to pray real quick, and no one would ever embarrass you, but you're saying up to this point, I've either lost vision or, Lord, I just need you to make it clear what you want to accomplish in my life. And I'm willing, I'm willing to, to trust you to help me walk in that direction. If that's you and you just need God's vision for your life, lift, slip your hand up quickly. Amen. Amen. All over the room. All over. Second quick part of this invitation is you hear, and, and before we even deal with vision, we've got to deal with this. Honestly, you, you, again, and nobody's looking around, so, and no one's going to embarrass you or call you up, but if you hear, and you've never truly made a decision to follow Jesus, or you need to get back on the path, in other words, you, you, you did at some point, but you just you know, you kind of let it fall or your devotion has slipped off. Let me, I just want to pray for you. Just slip your hand up quickly. Say, Lord, I, I just need to get back to that place fully devoted. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Everybody lift your hands. Lift a hand if you're comfortable doing that. You don't have to, but reason we do this, it, you know, some people like it, well, it might be weird to lift your hands, but the reason we do this is we just do it as an act of surrender, physical act, that's it. Nothing spooky or crazy. 
releasing it all to God. That's why we do it. Father, I pray for those in here, many, many who lifted their hands and said, Lord, I just need you to, to give me vision or restore the vision that you have for my life. And Lord, I set my faith in, in agreement with them because they were willing to just say, that's me. Lord, that from this moment, from this day, Lord, you would begin to take the scales off of the eyes that they'd see clearly what you have for them. And Lord, as they see the vision that you have for their lives, that you would begin to also bring them into alignment relationally. Lord, put the right friendships, right accountability in their lives. Help them to reinterpret their problems and their obstacles in a way that helps them to understand and know you better. Lord, I lift up those who are struggling internally. I just felt led, even as I'm praying, to say there's some, Lord, who are struggling in silence. Lord, begin this day the, the healing process. We trust you. Lord, that this is a day of hope. This is a day of freedom. This is a day of liberty. A day that we walk unashamed in the purpose that you have for our lives. And now everyone, just repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for hope, for freedom. Thank you for healing. Thank you for your son and the cross that he died on. Thank you for the shed blood. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me whole. Lord, I trade my life for yours. I surrender. Lord, to those who may be struggling with decisions, even this week, they've got to make some decisions, tough ones. Lord, that you would allow vision to direct. Lord, that you would give them a spirit of discernment so that they would understand the right path that they need to take. And Lord, we thank you most of all for the freedom that comes from knowing you. And we give you praise for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? I'm going to let you go in just a minute. If you're here and you, sometimes you just need someone to pray with you one-on-one, -on -one. our prayer team is up here to serve you um, as well. And, and you, don't have to, you don't have to give them any specifics or you can tell them whatever you want. But I found that sometimes it's just good to connect with a point of contact, someone else that you can say, um, agree with me for my healing, agree with me for my freedom, um, and they'll be happy to serve you in that way. I'm going to pray for you and, see, and then we'll see you next week. Father, we thank you for this day and everything that you've done in the lives of your people, and we ask that you would bless their week. Let them walk in divine favor, wisdom, understanding, increase. Let them grow and give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' strong name we pray. 
Amen. And we'll see you next week.